been at this for 18 consecutive weeks. And even if you go back into the summer, it is even longer than that. You probably have to add another 12 weeks. So, Matt, we have been here 30-plus weeks in a row, essentially, on the Sunday card since April, doing basically every single week uh, and, and breaking it down from drafts to uh, positional breakdowns in the divisions to fantasy extravaganzas to picks all year and now finally. The Sunday card reaches week 18. We are in 2024 mode, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the new year, where it's supposed to be a crazy year. But let's begin it on the right note with some winners. Dan Zampano, Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silberth, our esteemed producer, Lemon Pepper Lou Paracone, who is punching and popping away the sickness He's here with us anyway. He fights through it because he's a man. He's got hair in his chest, his face, and all the rest. Welcome, gentlemen. How are you? You got to get down with the sickness sometimes, Dan. You got to get down. You got to fight it all, right? That, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Down disturbed. I am like on no sleep and just going. So this might be a really weird episode as, as we begin, Matt. I can already feel you got some zany energy about you. I, I can I can feel it. It's going to be fantastic. We get to make picks 85 through 89 on the year. <laughs> 85 through 89. I was looking back. It's crazy how many games that we uh, end up picking and going through. Obviously, all 272 games in the NFL mm. regular season that we break down, sift through, read injury reports, trends, everything. <laughs> it all comes down to this. Me spending the last 18 weeks doing like 35 different statistics every week, breaking it down, taking six, seven, eight hours to do it. Like, I, I feel psychotic at this point. So why don't we just continue uh, as we go along? Uh, week in review, Matty Ice, once again, a winner from week 17, a three and two week for Matty Ice, a two and three week for me in so many heartbreaking fashions. It was completely disgusting. I was going to say, I was one and a half points away from a yes. five and a week. And in two games that we were covering, we were mind melded on, that we were covering all game, all freaking game. And we got a really mean backdoor on one and one just slipped through our fingers. Uh, not to mention, those were the two for you. Then you can add on the stupid Dallas-Detroit game at the end where McCarthy's just screwing it up. And of course... The Lions are screwing it up. With the refs are screwing it up. Everybody's screwing it up uh, this holiday season. So Detroit and Dallas, that one hurt like a B word, man. That hurt. It really did. Uh, and we can just get into those losers right now because that's one of my losers, and then the other losers are, are mine. But like you said, the freaking Colts make oh. me want to die. They make me want to die. Trying to be a nice guy, Dan. I was trying to mend. I was <laughs> trying to get back on the ship. He's not nice. I mean, at the end of the day, it wasn't Gardner's fault. It was the freaking defense just giving and Devontae Adams being an absolute mutant to be able to catch that ball. Cause I don't think there's a, there's maybe a couple other guys in the league that come down with that pass and get everything, you know, get feet down in the end zone. Unbelievable. But that one was all game. And then I mean the Bengals were just the Bengals were just cruising, 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 cruising. And then here comes, you know, big play from Rasheed Rice, and we got some mistakes from Jake Browning in the second half. And 
It Harrison just, that one, that one felt like it just slipped right through our fingers. Harrison Bucker just killed us with his yeah. leg. He kicked us in the face. It was terrible. It absolutely did. Oh, disgusting. So those are our losers, which is not fun. And to think that we were that close to 5-0. And, and meanwhile, I am sweating like the 49ers minus 13. And it felt – I'm like, all right, we got the Colts. Like, that's good. You know, I was like all fine with it. Uh, you know, and I'm sweating out like the Niners minus 13. And they cover magically and then the Colts lose. So that was super, super, super frustrating. However, again, if I did have the live bullets – I would have had a money line ticket plus 550 on the Arizona Cardinals. And that would have made it all the way up because we got it. We got the Cardinals plus 10 and a half. And we told you to sprinkle the money line. I hope that you did because that saved your week if you followed my picks. I, I actually I did have a couple of people that listened to the show text me and say, shout out, shout out for the Cardinals, giving that one out. Get out. Because they, Get yeah, out they, of here. That's they, great. Made, made, made a pretty penny on the Cardinals last week. Like I said, and I was telling Dan pre show, I obviously we didn't get the money line parlay with Carol because Carolina. Oh my God. We should have getting, talked about that a lot more. That was shut dumb. out. But you know, again, the other play probably would have ended up being the Giants. And that's yes. that was maybe more heartbreaking, missing mm-hmm. that two point conversion. I mean, just just dead arming it from three yards away, couldn't get into Saquon's hands on a wide open out route. Uh, that would have probably ripped my heart out a little bit more. Carolina was dead from the moment the game started. Oh, it's terrible. It's absolutely ridiculous that we were even close to that. We had another close one. We had the Giants was extremely close. The Patriots had a shot at plus 12 to win, which was crazy. They can't even hold on to the football uh, in the first quarter. They still had a shot to win. Green Bay was a dog. They won outright on Sunday night. That was a thought that I came small, across my small. head, but it was small. But I'm like, okay, if we're going to get the Cardinals, you know, it would have made it all back. You know, I, that was a thought of mine, but I didn't have the kind of coyotes. I should have had more conviction and stopped you with the Panthers because we just, we can't, we can't just stop. Can't do it. Done. We're very much done with, with them. But yeah, as far as the other just regular winners, Green Bay was. Fairly easy at night. They kind of yes. they really cruised to a victory, and Houston was easy as well. I, I didn't really have to sweat Houston much at all in that game. They they really just stomped the Titans. That was the smartest play, I feel like, of all of our plays was was Houston because I got scared off of it with the number coming up, like it like oh Vrabel on the uh, you know it's a dog here and there, but again they don't have the they don't have that kind of mantra this year to to be able to do that. Saints was another one. But I don't think we – neither of us were ever going to get on the Saints. That was – I meant to bring that – like, that was one – that was the, like, pro play. Like, I'm sure a lot of the stuff and research you do, like, everybody was talking Saints. Like, it's the right time to do it. And as much as I'm, like, still willing myself to bet on Carolina, I just can't get there with the Saints. But yeah. that was absolutely the spot. And, and I mean, I, I heard it all week from all the professionals and all this stuff. And, and they were – had it dead to rights. I mean, they, they were up 20 to nothing. I mean, <laughs> Bucks made it interesting at the very end. But, uh, you know, that was the spot to hit him. The other spot was Lewis's bet the narrative because he wins outright with Pittsburgh. I had mentioned it in my leans, but Lou had the guts to take it. So congratulations, Lewis, a winner. Thanks, buddy. We just need more winning seasons in Pittsburgh. I don't know what's going on. You know, they're firing offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators. That hasn't happened since probably the 40s. 
Who knows who the quarterback's going to be? They're probably going to try to get Russ or Joe Flacco in town. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah I heard someone say that it's the first time since the Great Depression that they fired a coach midseason. Yeah. Sadly, well, maybe not sadly, but like that actually is true, pretty, probably. Pretty close. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty close. Okay. Well, that's our week in review. Uh, under the weather did not hit because as crazy of a snow globe game as that was, Justin Fields, man. It's starting. There's going to be a, a in 2024 election campaign. There's a there's everybody needs to understand that there's a quarterback election going on in Chicago, and it's between Caleb Williams and Justin Fields. And I know who Matt's voting for. I, I it is as soon as the Super Bowl is over, it is going to dominate headlines until the draft. As far as what are the Bears going to do with the number one pick, Justin Fields? It is going to. And it's extremely fascinating now for the past six games that he's had. Fields 2024. That's all I'll say. Or again, ship him out to Denver, maybe. I don't know. Uh, okay. I have heard potentially they're looking for a second round pick for Justin Fields and some more compensation. That that's what I heard. I was on the phone with Shefty. He gave me a call. Oh. I was blowing my nose. He gave me the call. Yeah. What do you know? What do you know? The narrative, Dan. The narrative. The, the wow. narrative. Yeah, exactly. There you go. So that's the whole kit and caboodle from last week uh the records as of now i am going to finish horribly this was a bad year for me currently 10 games under 37 47 and 5 not great but maddie has carried this show 44 39 and 6 that is 53 percent. that is taking money home that is a fantastic way to finish up hopefully we don't lose it all back on this week because it's a possibility Although we haven't had an 0 and 5 all, all year, thank God. And Lou, of course, is 8, 12, and 1 on the bet the narrative. Under the weather is 12 and 5. And the Magic Money Line Parlay is 2 and 15. However, it's down 6.4 units. And that doesn't seem so far away. All I'll say is a teaser for the end of the show. If we hit this week, it's all coming back and it'll be positive. There is a lot of dogs that I like this week. So oh, stay tuned. We call that a tease with this. <laughs> Look at you throwing out buzzwords. I love can I, that. Can I ask a question? Do you say you said and six for Matt? Six. Yeah, the year, the year of the push. It's really the year of the push. It's, it's, it's nutty. And the fact that we had what two head to head pushes? Yes. Yeah. <sighs> Dan, you said I was eight, twelve, and what? What was the eight, eight, twelve, and one? Okay. Uh, and then I was, I had five pushes, and Matt had six pushes. So this insane. is wild. Absolutely wild this year. Let's do one thing before we get into the picks. Matt, I want you to tell me if you remember who you picked for MVP this year and see exactly if you were correct on any of them. Do you remember? Because you picked four MVP candidates. Who were they? Four. Well, I can tell you, I know I was, I've been sifting through this. some of the futures are starting to cash. Some of the over-unders, the win totals. I already got the Ravens to win the division, which was a great one. Uh, I certainly gave out Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. You did. Did I also throw out, there was, <laughs> I, I got a Trey Lance MVP ticket somewhere in my, in the no. depths of my. <laughs> I don't, I don't have why. that on this list, but. I should, I just told on myself that. I don't know <laughs> how that came about. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Might I have, have some embarrassing ones, and that one's way more embarrassing. So um, I don't know if I can land if I can land the other two. The other two, you gave out Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, 
Justin Herbert okay, did yeah. give out, which is nonsense. You did give out Lamar Jackson. Oh, I didn't bet one. it like a dummy. 15 to 1. You did give it out on this show. So, I don't oh, know. That's, <laughs> I, I, did, I didn't want to hear that because that's <laughs> one sorry. of the tickets as I'm sifting through all the futures that I put in. Not in I'm so sorry. Forgot to add that one to your bingo card. I did not give out Lamar. Felt like I should have. I gave out Joe Burrow. I gave out Jalen Hurts. I gave out Trevor Lawrence, like you. And then I gave out my two long shots. Do you remember who they were? Was Dak Prescott one? No. These are long shots. Long, long shots. Uh, Mac Jones? Yeah, okay. Mr. Love. I don't know. Mr. Love, oh, Jordan. Oh, yes, yes. And I had a ticket for Kenny Pickett. For MVP. <laughs> okay, now I don't feel as bad about the trail hands. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that's so it's not all you know embarrassing. I can embarrass myself from time to time, don't worry. But you throw out those ones, you know. We we missed, we hit it, you know. If we count years ago and hitting Aaron Rodgers at 20 to 1, like we're still up in that category. So it's good. Uh it's supposed to be fun. You're supposed to gamble responsibly so that you're allowed to have fun. Yes. Lou. You did give out Lamar as one of your picks. There yes. were a couple more, although they weren't quite clear, but there were some that you said I like. I, I know I gave out Lamar and I have that ticket, so I'm happy right now. Um, do you have how many how many more did I give out? I think three. Three total or three more other than Lamar? I'm sorry, three, three, three more. Actually, you might have given out four more. Yeah. Oh Lord. I gotta think. I don't know. Um Oh, one's got to be Rodgers. There's no way one is not Rodgers. You didn't. So you had mentioned Rodgers, but you said you don't think it's going to happen. Okay. That was narrative driven. That was, yeah. I probably, oh, I know what I said. I remember now. The first <laughs> Jets quarterback to win MVP. Yes. <laughs> in the yeah. league. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking my own brain the way I think. I definitely said Jalen Hurts. I know that. You did. You did, did say Jalen Hurts. Yep. If I gave two more, were they long shots or were they favorites? There were a couple that were. Two long shots and one that was a kind of dark horse, but popular dark horse pick. Oh, man. Did I say Michael Parsons by any chance? No, no. They're all quarterbacks. No? Oh, they're all quarterbacks? No, yeah. I don't know them. I, so I, then it would be uh, – you gave out Lamar, you gave out Jalen Hurts, you gave out Trevor Lawrence. Did you do that? Right, right. And then you gave out two long shots that you said you liked. Tua was one. Not bad. And Geno Smith. That that was the Jets fan talking. Yeah. I <laughs> that was – that was a Jets fan talking. That was okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. All right. I don't there even you. I, I'm gonna go back and listen to that episode. I don't think I gave you that one. I don't think that happened. <laughs> go ahead. Delete go the ahead. tapes. Delete yeah. the tapes. Yep. Well, uh speaking of deleting tapes, I'd like to delete this year from our our uh, ledger, but we have to move forward. We have to just go all out. It's five and a week. Like we're gonna get one. Now's the time. I think I feel good about it. So Maddie, you went three and two last week. I went two and three. One last time, for old time's sake, let's open 2024 the bang. Pick or punt? I am going to pick. I'm going to take the ball this week. I love the board this week. I know Lou says maybe some of these games, maybe, you know, some of these games are meaningless, but there's plenty of meaningful games. And I actually have some trends for some of those games that might seem uh, a little nonsense. So, uh, again, we've got two winning in scenarios here. Mm. Uh, We've got the... Texans and Colts game for both teams. Uh, you know, both teams are very highly motivated to win that game, get them a playoff spot. The Bucks have the Panthers to win the division. Jaguars also, if they beat Tennessee, they win the division. Green Bay has Chicago winning in. And then the Bills and Dolphins, the Sunday night 
cap is um, Bills potentially, and that yeah. Sunday night game could be playing to win the division or not be in the playoffs at all, which is insane. Like they've, you know, things I think Pittsburgh, I think is the other one that's holding them away. So Pittsburgh loses, they can get in without a win. Um, But if Pittsburgh wins, Bills are either winning the division and getting the four seed, three seed. Not a two, they might get the two seed. That's as high as they can go. The two seed or they're out of the playoffs, which just is insane. That is absolutely wild. I think it's either the Texans or the Steelers win, then the Bills are playing for a spot, or else they're done. Yeah, and then, uh, like I said, obviously, there's a lot of other teams that could get in with, you know, they have to win and get a lot of help. I don't want to go through all those, but this came from Stuck at the Action Network, talking about some of these games where you might have teams playing for something, playing for playoffs, and other team who's, quote-unquote, not playing for anything. But... Mm. Since 1990, eliminated teams playing teams that need a win over the final two weeks of the regular season have gone 164 and 4, 61%. So they quote unquote have nothing to play for, except the way the NFL has started doing their schedules now. They're all divisional games. Obviously, everything is a divisional game this week. And this is exactly why it comes from these great scenarios where, again, we had exactly last year. Lions were eliminated come Sunday Night Football against the Packers. They thought it was going to be, again, a win and in scenario for either of those teams. Lions were eliminated. They were supposedly not playing for anything, and they won that game out. All right, to keep the Packers out of the playoffs because that is the kind of motivation Dan Campbell needs for his teams. It's one of the few things that the NFL got right with the schedule is yes. make every game the last week a divisional game that matters. So I really do like that. All right, with that, we should get into the five picks. And what would a Week 18 finale be? And you might be wondering why I gave out those statistics and those <laughs> trends, because maybe they came in handy for my research. And there has got to be no team more motivated or a guy more motivated, a team playing for their guy whose name was getting enchanted in the stadium last week. <laughs> Give me the Chicago Bears plus three taking on the Green Bay Packers, taking on the, the arch nemesis, the great one of the greatest rivalries in all of football. That isn't a rivalry because the Packers have won, I think, 24 out of the last 26 or 27, including nine in a row. But I think that this team is playing for Justin Fields, and they want to prove that this guy is their guy. Uh, like I said the chain, the fans were chanting. I actually went and got my haircut today. My barber was at the game last week. He was like, he was like, it was nuts. He goes, the, the, the entire he's a Bears fan. He goes, the entire city was chanting Justin's name. The city loves him. And the team loves him. DJ Moore commented after the game how he goes, he knows that the owner's box heard them count chanting Justin Fields' name. Oh, my gosh. We also get to fade the Monday night winner in this spot here. Or, sorry, the Sunday night winner. Yes. So, we get to fade the Packers after they blow out the Vikings. But that was in a situation where Love was able to be the torch and aggressive defense. Love's the blitz. And that's exactly what Love is one of the best things he was able to do. He was identifying things. He was He was making Rodgers-like plays. Keying in on those, keying in on those blitzers and finding that hot route, chucking them deep and had a, had a great game. But this is a Bears team that doesn't blitz nearly as much and they get pressure with four and they like to play. They play, they've been playing really, really good in the secondary. Hmm. This is also one of those divisional matchups that one of the few, most of these have been very backloaded. So a lot of the teams we were like, oh, we saw this 
three, four weeks ago, this was week one that the Bears and the Packers played. Yeah. So, the, the, I mean, the Bears are a night and day, and the Packers are a night and day different team. So this is a, a whole new matchup. Um, Chicago's defense was giving up wide open looks to wide receivers all over the place, but that defense is totally different now. Uh, not as much as the Packers wide receivers have been banged up over this past month. Everybody's kind of taking a ding, a nick here and there. Um, and the Packers defense, while they looked pretty good in week one, have been getting brutalized up until last week again, where good good on them. They were able to get by Jaron Hall and Nick Mullins, the combo, the, the, the deadly duo, uh, as we like to refer to them. But before that, the Packers were brutal. Uh, the past this year, they're giving up 131 yards on the ground. Uh, per game bears over the last three games with the fields in this offense improving are getting 176 yards on the ground per game. Uh, they've also been horrible in the last three games. Packers were giving up 265 yards per game, bottom five in the league, giving up almost 25 points per game to opponents, which is bottom eight in the league. I just think this is such a huge spot for the bears. People are viewing this as the Packers need a win to get in. Jordan Love's got all the pressure. Jordan Love in his first full year, taking over the command is saying it's not a rebuilding year. It's a reloading year. We're getting to the playoffs either way. And the bears stand in the way of that and stopping this nine game skid. Give me the bears plus three. Do you remember the last and only time that the season ended where the bears were in Lambeau field? Actually, I think that game was in soldier field. Now that I think about it. No, that was bears were in Lambeau field for the final game of the regular season. Aaron Rodgers, 2010, Bears-Packers, and the Packers needed to get in to win. And Rodgers pulled that one out. So that that's the only time in the history of this rivalry that they've, that they've played at Lambeau Field last week of the season. So you've mentioned it, that the Bears are, what, nine in a row they've lost to Green yeah. Bay, something like that? Well, Matt, I say that we need to have a New Year's resolution. Because they've been getting fooled and fooled and fooled. And in the immortal words of the great band of all time, The Who, we won't get fooled again. Give me the mind meld with you. I'm taking the Bears as well. Plus three. I love it. I love it. You've made, slowly but surely, I think you've made a believer out of me with Justin Fields. It took a long time. I really did. It's maybe my greatest accomplishment. <laughs> it is incredible accomplishment because if you can look at the green bay's offensive numbers they are impressive over the last few weeks they have played stinky cheese if you will garbage the last four weeks minnesota with speaking of who we might as well nickname this guy the who jaron hall nobody knows who he is and he stinks so they're up by 20 at the half we're at carolina Given up 30 points to the worst team maybe in the last decade. We're in Tampa Bay at home, and we get slaughtered and eliminated. We're at the Giants uh, four weeks ago. We lose that game on Monday night to Tommy freaking DeVito. Meanwhile, has Chicago played a great defense uh, or great offenses? Not really. They played Cleveland. They played Arizona. They played, you know, okay offenses. But – if you look at the period of time, they've improved dramatically over a full half of a season. You look at the reason why they're doing that is because they played less defense. Did you know that Chicago Bears are the number one team in time of possession over the last three weeks? 
33 minutes a game. Did you also know that they're the first team in defensive completion percentage, fourth in defensive passer rating, seventh in opponents rushing yards per game, second in red zone defense and opponents red zone attempts, first in opponents punts per play, and fifth in opponents points per play. And, oh, yeah, they're the third best scoring defense in football the last three weeks. That's a massive improvement, and I think you can credit it to one person, Montez Sweat. If you look at when they acquired Montez Sweat, they went from 30th to 2nd in EPA per play on defense. They've doubled their sack rate. They've tripled the amount of interceptions they've had in the previous nine games before trading for them. And I'm not getting fooled by the Green Bay defense either from last week because they are freaking terrible. I mean, this is absolutely ridiculous what they've put up. Joe Barry easily should be fired again. And let's not forget, Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, Christian Watson, Devondre Campbell, all questionable for this game. Seven other starters are also questionable for this game. So, Matt, like I said it before, man, let the Fields campaign commence as the Bears have their own personal quarterback election. Give me Fields 2024. Bears upset the Packers. Sprinkle some money on it. Have to sprinkle some money on I do want to say, too, that Sweat absolutely is one of the guys, one of the, you know, clearly had a major impact that coincided i think within a week or two of jalen johnson coming back from injury too mm. jalen johnson has been an unbelievable lockdown corner this year i mean he is he is taking away a half of the field so those two are have totally changed the game for chicago on defense excellent pick. excellent pick. that was my number three pick so you go to new number four you like the bears more than me now. i do <laughs> uh this is another one people are thinking that a side's got a got to win, and this team's maybe down and out. But I'll tell you, it's not always sunny in Philadelphia because oh. the Eagles are in shambles. Mm. The Eagles are looking like a broken team, losing outright. Shout out to Danny to the Cardinals last week as eleven point favorites to lose the division at home. Eleven point favorites. To lose their chance at, at having their own path to winning the division. Obviously, the Cowboys lose this week as 13-point favorites themselves. They can cough it up to the Eagles. But this team, I think that we are having some locker room problems. I think we are having a lot of doubt in the play calling and the coaching staff. And these aren't things that get remedied in one week. Um, not to mention the Giants have Tyrod Taylor, who has been playing so much better than the likes of Danny DeVito and Daniel Jones. Uh, that was a Freudian slip. Uh, Tommy DeVito. And Jones. <laughs> uh, as I mentioned, always oh, Sony reference. Uh, he, uh, 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 Taylor just takes care of the football so much better. He, he's one of the best quarterbacks as far as not generating turnovers, putting the ball at risk. Uh, and again, they were so close to winning that game last week with the two-point conversion that they just botched. Uh, the Eagles possibly resting starters in the second half of this game as well. This yeah. is the interesting part. Uh, I don't know that you usually see this a lot in the uh, – the EPL and things like that in this final week where they have all these games going simultaneously and they tried to match up these division games going at the same time um, so that nobody can know, you know, predetermine, well, that team lost before us. And uh, so they, they line these games up where everything matters, but you go into the second half, Dallas is up huge on Washington. The Eagles have had a ton of banged up guys, you know, Lane Johnson, uh, a little nicked up. Jalen hurts himself has been, has been a problem. Uh, Devonta Smith. So, I think that there's a chance that if Dallas is blowing out Washington, that they might just rest these guys, especially on a field that is notorious for stealing ACLs and MCLs from players at MetLife Stadium. 
Uh, I think that they try and cruise through this game without any injuries and just figure let's get everybody right for the playoffs. Uh, another thing with the Eagles offense, which it, it, you know, the defense has been a problem all year and the offense has been starting to show its ugly face as well. Uh, they've struggled with blitz pickups. Oddly enough, I don't know why that is. So uh, you would think for a team that's got one of the better offensive lines of the league, that should not be a problem, but uh, you, you know, our man wink is going to be cooking up blitzes as he does uh, and the Eagles are not as good in the turnover battle over the last three games either. As we mentioned their problems, the Giants over the past three games are plus one turnover margin per game. The Eagles are a negative one turnover margin per game. So I think that's another problem, uh, mainly one of the Eagles' biggest problems this year, is just not being able to practice football. I think that comes into play. Uh, another one, sprinkle on the money line. We're certainly putting together a big round robin this week because I like a lot of these guys to be to get some upsets, but I think they at least get it close with five points. Yeah, it's five, so it's a big number, and you're sitting there like, I mean, how can we watch this game and 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 watch this team and say, how could they be five-point favorites right now? They just played. They were 12-point underdogs. At, on, I mean, that's where I'm getting confused with this. It's like they were 12-point underdogs on the road. Now, all of a sudden, we're flipping seven, six-and-a-half points. I mean, it's a lot of points to move. But at the same time, I'm saying to myself, they just played them and they held with them. I will say this, though. There were a lot of bounces that went the Giants' way in that game. So this game makes me nervous. There's a weather involved all over the place in this game. So that is another factor. I just don't know whether the Eagles can have a come-to-Jesus moment at this point. But I also don't know where the Giants are in terms of, you know, coming back off of a brutal loss like they had last week. So I don't know. I, I, I it's, it's a tough one for me. I'm staying away from it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, my number five, uh, I appreciate this game. This is, to me, you know, I look at Eagles-Cowboys, to me, is now maybe the best rivalry in the NFL, at least at this point where with where the two teams are at. But this rivalry is right up there with them because no matter what, you're coming out black and blue after this one. And even with the starters out, Pittsburgh will be black and blue after this one. I'm taking the Ravens at home, three and a half, sitting starters, because it doesn't matter. I didn't even factor in any stats into this. All I said was Baltimore's been the best team in the league for a few weeks now, and it's because of their locker room. They are the complete antithesis of what Philadelphia is. They love each other, man. They have camaraderie, one to 53. It's so apparent. And it's the complete opposite of what's going on, not only in Philly, but in Pittsburgh. Something in the water in Pennsylvania. You've got, uncharacteristically, you've got this team divided amongst young people like Pickens. Now Pickens complaining about, about being the second string for Rudolph and all these different scenarios and things. It's like all these young guys are just out of control. And, and, it's, and it's creeping into their team. They were able to, you know, weather the storm and do it last week. They played a in my opinion, very, very suspect Seattle team. But if you look at it, Baltimore virtually played the entire year last year with backups. I mean, all the guys that they have there have all played. And you look at how they consider handling games without Lamar, preseason games. They don't care. They're going to play hard. Mason Rudolph has been really good the last two weeks against Cincinnati and Seattle, two defenses that are in the bottom eight of football. And since 2020, 
The largest margin of victory between these two teams was seven points. That was earlier this year when the Steelers upset the Ravens. I think you had the Pittsburgh Steelers on that one, Maddie. But if you go back, five of the last seven meetings between these two, four points or less they were decided by. Teams in must-win situations, you mentioned the 1990 stat. If you have it in week 18 only, so the 18th week, so which you only had for a few years. Teams in must-win situations versus teams with no motivation to win in week 18 are 18 and 28 against the spread. Steelers have to win the game. I don't know if they even do, but I know the Ravens are going to keep this within four. I'm going to say Ravens plus three and a half to start us off. Well, Dan, it's going to be no love lost between us because we get to mind meld this one. We don't have to hate each other at all. Uh, I love I mean, this is absolutely the spot to take the Ravens. It's three and a half in this game. Three and a half. You always take the team catching three and a half, whether it's Pittsburgh, whether it's Baltimore. You always bet the underdog catching more than a field goal in this matchup, as you said. Uh, I love you mentioned the preseason. Exactly. Like, this is a team top to bottom that these guys are ready to play no matter what. And again, who cares that Lamar isn't playing and you have to go to your second string? The Steelers are on their third string, so they've probably got a quarterback yeah. advantage still while taking uh, taking Lamar out of this game. You can sit the MVP and still have a better quarterback than the Pittsburgh Steelers here. Uh, and then I'll just fire through some of the trends. You said you didn't have the stats. We got all the trends that trigger this game. Tomlin on the road as a favorite, 15 and 26. That is 36% against the spread. Tomlin when Pittsburgh is on the road, favored by more than a field goal off of a win – he is 10, 24, and 1, 29%. Uh, the Tomlin factor, we already got over the 500 mark last week. Lou nailed that. Lou had that dead to rights. We already got over 500. We've lost a ton of motivation in this. Uh, the AFC North period, AFC North divisional games, underdogs are 59% against the spread, which is the best of any, the highest of any division. Uh, 23 and 12 over the last three years. And Tomlin versus Harbaugh. When these two coaches swear, uh, face off, the underdog in that matchup is 23-5-3, and three, 82%. Ride with the Ravens. Flocks. I'm flocking with you, my friend. I love it. That is a fantastic – can you say that stat one more time, the Harbaugh stat? Tomlin versus Harbaugh? Yeah. The underdog in the matchup between Tomlin versus Harbaugh is 23, 5, and 3, 82%. Is this your number one play? It's my number two. Oh, wow. Can I can I say one thing real quick? Yes. yes and I, I, this might not be about to bet the narrative, but another Harbaugh has a very big game this week. Ah! So I'll just leave you with that. I'll leave you with he that. Did, he did think I looked into a, a, a Harbaugh, Harbaugh parlay. Uh, the odds <laughs> were okay. The odds were okay. But a Harbaugh, Harbaugh par- parlay is just a bit fun. Just want to throw that uh, out there. I am living. I mean, for how bad the Patriots have been, Michigan made it all worth it this year for me. It was fantastic on Monday, and it's going to be even better on Monday night when they play Washington. That's whew, that's a different time. Uh, okay, excellent. Matt, you see reality. You understand how things actually work, right, Lou? I think you would say that you take the red pill, right? You've taken Mm -hmm. the red pill. Yeah, Morpheus, come on. What do you say? You can take the blue pill, sure. 
And in this next game, you could take the Bluebird if you want. But after last week's win, I've been red-pilled by the Redbirds. I am going to take the Cardinals plus three now at home against the Seattle Seahawks. That's what I shall do. Arizona's offense has continued to impress on the ground as we run down the stretch. They're running down people's throats. Not only are they the number one team in the league in yards per carry, 6.1, rushing yards per game, 182 rushing yards per game. They are also number one in yards before contact per rush in the league. 3.3 yards before even being contacted. That's how good their scheme is. And that has allowed Kyler to move the ball down the field with James Conner. And they've capitalized on their red zone opportunities. The last three weeks, they are fourth in the league in red zone offense. And we can go back to Seattle and look at the opposite end and say they have been absolutely abysmal. They're drowning on defense. They are 27th in defensive yards per carry over the last three weeks. They are 31st in opponents' rush yards per game over the last three weeks. They're also 30th in third down defense, opponents' red zone attempts per game. And once again, we have a situation where we have a time of possession scenario that is way out of whack. The last three weeks, Seattle is 31st in time of possession. They are barely averaging 25-minute game of playing time. Arizona is fourth, 33 minutes on average. I mean, I thought about it. I'm like, what am I doing not taking Arizona? They weren't even on my radar on Monday and Tuesday. And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, we got to take the Cardinals. I mean, this just doesn't make any sense. I get they're coming off a big win, but Seattle stinks. I mean, the, the whole narrative is that Seattle stinks. So if you look at the whole thing, you do have some motivation for Arizona in this game a little bit because this is the one step that goes against them. The last 14 games against their division, they are 1-13 against the spread. So that scares me. But that might be some motivation here because if you look at it, since week 10 when Kyler came back, they've gone from 31st to 13th in offensive EPA, and they've gone from 30th to 12th in offensive success rate. So let's step into the matrix, take a red pill, and take Arizona in 2024. Battleground State, if you're watching in November. Uh, this was this is a lean for me, and it's very funny. I, like, I was they were very close to getting in, and, and that exact stat you just gave out against Washington against the spread uh, is kind of what just kept me out. And, I, and again, I have, I have a lot of leans. I have a lot of – I think I have four leans outside of the five picks. So I, I had a lot of games that I liked this week. So just that one was enough to keep me off of them. But I, I think it is the right side because Seattle has been very fraudulent, very injured. Still secondary has got problems. I think – you know I don't know if Witherspoon's playing in this game, but he's been banged up. So I like the pick. And, and I will say this. First off, the over for this game is very live. Um, but I'll say this. This number was at two and a half all week, and it jumped to three today as we record on Thursday. In fact, just a few hours ago. So now that it's at three, I feel a lot better about it. But it is moving towards Seattle. So you do want to be a little careful. But I still love the Cardinals. Yeah, Cardinals, 57% of the bets, 61% of the money right now. That over you mentioned is at 47 and a half. It is climbing up. So yeah. get it now. 
Um, all right, my number three. This is another. This is a guy that I have to go back to. This is a, that it's not even making amends with this guy. This is just this is catching up with an old buddy that you ran into at the the local watering hole. This is this is coming home to roost and saying, you know, just I'm going out for a casual one, and next, you know, you guys are just shooting the shooting the you know what and and talk about you you know who and reminiscing on good old times. Me and Mike Vrabel, I just got to get back together. We just got to get back together, man. We got to do it. Give me the Titans plus three and a half going against the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is the ultimate upset spot. This is the ultimate Vrabel spot. They've got nothing to play for. They don't have any motivation except for beating a division rival to keep them out of the playoffs and having a hand in it. I don't know if you've heard. I, I saw a couple of clips on, on on X this week of Mike Vrabel getting asked about tanking or thoughts of just you know you don't have anything to to win this game. The look of disgust on this man's face and the disdain he had for that reporter asking him as if they don't go out there every week to win a football game. Losing uh, sucks. Losing, losing sucks. Losing sucks. It's the worst thing you could do. I'm having a hard time figuring out this line because the Jaguars haven't been good at all over the past month, month and a half. And they go beat up on the Panthers last week. And now we're three point favorite. What, what you get? Well, I wrote this when they were five and a half point favorites. Right. This has come plummeting down this week, but I will tell you why I'm not so scared of that. Jaguars have lost to before the uh, Carolina last week. They lost to the Bengals, Browns, Ravens, and Bucks. Two playoff, there's potentially three playoff teams, but they looked bad in those showings. The Titans at home, have been a different animal this year. The Titans are four and three in true home games this year. They had the one home game they had to play over in London. True home games this year. They are averaging 22.9 points at home. On the road, they're only averaging 13 points. They're allowing 18.6 points to the opponent at home while allowing 24.1 on the road. And in those three losses, two of them were in overtime. And one of them was to a last-second Seattle touchdown. They have not lost a game at home by more than three. So that's why as much as this number came down from five, five and a half, we're still getting three in the hook here. Uh, we might or might not get Lawrence's game. I found this very interesting in the practice where he did practice on Thursday. But the reporter noted that he was only participating in short area throws and short distance throws. Anytime they were working on long throws and, and probably, you know, working guys in like Calvin Ridley, he was sitting aside and letting CJ Bathard take those throws. Mm. So even if he does play, I think he's extremely limited and you can, and if he plays, that's the whole thing of taking advantage of this Titans team is that you air it out all over them and you're able to sling it deep. Not to mention the receivers have been banged up. Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, both on the injury report. Calvin Ridley has been inconsistent all year. And again, that's how you have to beat the Titans. That's why I love CJ Stroud last week. It's because they just threw the ball all over him. But I think whether you give me Levis or you give me Tannehill in this game, I know Vrabel just got my back. Give me the Titans plus three and a half. It sucks. Losing sucks. It blanking sucks. That's what he said. You know what doesn't suck? Triple mind melds don't oh, suck. Man. Let's go. All right. No, no. We, no, no. We got to yes. do something about yes. this. I need one head-to-head. Please. Please. I need we something. We might get it. Maybe, maybe. We're maybe locked in know. this week. We, 
But we are locked and loaded. Triple mind meld. Have we learned nothing? We all have said this guy can't do it anymore. This is this year. There, you can't listen to that trend. This is the spot. This is his Super Bowl. This is the guy that said he would cut off his certain appendage to win a Super Bowl. And hearing that this week, oh my God, he's got to be so amped. And they're going to be so amped. If you look at Tennessee on offense, yes, they have been awful, but they, the run game this week, this could also be Derrick Henry's last game in Tennessee. There is a decent chance that that is a possibility. You have a big opportunity this week against a Jaguars team that right now is 23rd in opponents' rush yards per game, and their pass rush is average at best. So you're really not getting a ton. Their rush defense was good in the middle of the season. It has not been over the last few weeks. They're also 27th in time of possession over the span of the last three weeks and have just not been able to play well in the fourth quarter, hence why they haven't won a game with Trevor Lawrence starting since November. The biggest discrepancy is in the red zone. Tennessee has been unbelievable with red zone defense this year. They are number one in the league in red zone defense overall. They are tied for second in the last three weeks in red zone defense. Jacksonville is 31st in the league in red zone offense the last three weeks. They have been horrible. And Tennessee should be able to get pressure if Jacksonville can't run the football. Jacksonville, all they want to do is run the uh, all they want to do is really throw it. They have not run the ball consistently this year. And when they have tried to do it, they've been horrible since week 13. They are the worst team in the league in rushing success rate. ETN, God love him. He has, you know, a cut a touchdown every once in a while. But in terms of actually getting down the field, they do not run the football. And by the way, one last ace in the hole. Jacksonville in their last nine games in Tennessee, they are one and eight. One and eight. Overall, straight up in their last nine games in Nashville. Losing sucks. So let's not lose Tennessee plus three and a half. I'm so mad this line came down as big as it did. I mean, that, that happened within the past three hours as we record this on Thursday night. It really, I was doing my notes all day. It was five and a half. And like, as I was leaving the office, finishing things up, freaking it's down to three and a half. But that, again, I think that gives you, and like that was, you know, I saw the Trevor Lawrence report, then checked the number. And that, so I think that that is a big impact because it's either going to be Lawrence playing because he's got too much pride to sit himself even though he could be a detriment to his team if he can't throw the ball downfield, or C.J. Beth. So I, I think, like, again, either or, and then Tannehill and Levis is kind of either or. I, really, I mean, Levis at least has more mobility in the pocket and has a bigger arm, but Tannehill is going to hopefully take care of the football and just make the smart plays. Either way, you. we'll see. Yeah, they can dunk you. We'll see, but I do love it. I think Brable's going to be highly, highly motivated this week. I agree with you. Number one, last one of the 2023 regular season make it count you guys can i'm sure figure this one out how could i not how could i not i try to be a nice guy i try to make amends go to indianapolis hang out in Menchu's van but now me and mr stroud are going to go light a big flaming bag of dog turds on mr <laughs> Minshew's doorstep and get some revenge. Give me the Houston Texans minus one and a half. Can you sure. believe? I On Monday night, I looked. The Texans were a dog to the Colts. A dog. We got dogs. 
Chris Raybon highlighted this on the Action Network, that the, the Texans have a massive schematic advantage. Not only are they, I think they're just the better team, the matchup is perfect for the Texans. The Colts play zone coverage at the third highest rate in the league this year. Stroud versus zone this season. He has a 112 passer rating, 71% completion percentage, and 8.5 adjusted net air yards per attempt. Versus man, it drops down to an 84 passer rating, 54% completion rate, and 6.4 adjusted air yards per attempt. Not to mention, if we want to talk about the quarterback on the other side, Mr. Minshew, been getting away with a lot these days. He's been getting away with it for far, far too long. He has a 4% turnover-worthy play rate this year. That is fourth highest amongst 27 quarterbacks that qualify out of 340 that have at least 340 dropbacks. He is only ahead of Daniel Jones, Joshua Dobbs, and Desmond Ritter. That is not the quarterback company that you want to be in. So both of these teams are against the pass on defense. So this matchup really does come down to who has the better quarterback. And I think that is obvious. So for the 10th time this season, I will pick the Houston Texans. Uh, I have gone 5-3-1 with the Texans this year. So I know you mentioned we're doing report cards. I spoiled you it because I had to look back. You were cheated. But it was pretty obvious that the, te- the Texans were my, my most bet team this year. So give me a nice round number, 10. Give me the Texans. Uh, you're easily, in my opinion, I have the Colts in my lanes. Because you, I just you just can't kill them. You just can't. I mean, I don't get it. Makes no sense. I think that this is a spot where, yeah. In my first inkling, is like got to take Texans revenge spot here. Blah blah blah. And I can see myself just sitting there on Saturday night and being like, they did it again. Colts just don't make sense. They're a cockroach. Oh, so that's another thing. People are just like, you can't put your finger on what the Colts are doing. Like, nobody can quite figure it out. But they just keep doing it. It try, it's clearly driving me mad. They are a bad pass defense that is top five in sacks in the league. They have a really good running back, a really good receiver that somehow churns it out. And now Quentin Nelson also just got named to the Pro Bowl. And, and yet, yet, this mustachio man comes around like he's the Monopoly man running around. You know, like, yeah, he might go to jail, but he gets that get-out-of-jail-free card every time. You know, it's he's a very frustrating guy to just, play against. Just keeps pass and go. It's crazy. Just, keeps collecting. Just keeps collecting $200. All right. Number one. Today, January 4th, 2024, is a big anniversary for a certain franchise. Can you tell me, either one of you, today is the 21st anniversary of something very specific for one of your teams. Today, there was a game played, one of your teams played in it, that's very important to the franchise. 21st anniversary of this game. Can you tell me maybe what it is? Something in 2003. I, I don't know. I don't know. Lewis, on January 4th, 
I didn't think it was my team anyway. No, I know <laughs> it's my team. I already know where he's going with this. I know what's happening. Yeah. Go January fourth, two thousand and three. Yep, I know. That was the day of the last Jets home playoff game. Twenty-one years ago, today. I was a wee boy. So now you were, and you know now we can say that not everybody who is legally allowed to drink is older than the Jets home playoff drought. But that reminded me of something. It reminded me that that happened 21 years ago today in the midst of the greatest dynasty in maybe human history that has ever existed. Forget sports, Ming Dynasty, uh, the Roman Empire, just forget it. Um, maybe the greatest dynasty of all time ever. And so if you think that in the last game that this man, and as and you think that I'm not going to be insufferable in this last game, you can forget it. In the last game that this man may coach for this dynasty, and all of that goes washing away, that he is going to lose to the most hated franchise that he knows, hates the franchise, absolutely hates it, especially knowing there's a 15-game, 16-game streak on the line, especially knowing that if you could name me the last time the Jets won in New England, that would be 2010 divisional round with Santonio Holmes catch at the end. You remember it well, I'm sure. If you think that this man is going to lose in Foxborough to the Jets in what he may regard as his final game with the franchise, you're nuts. Do your job. Patriots are going to win this game minus one and a half. I have no stats on it. Also, could be Matthew Slater's last game, and I promise you he will get a pass to him because he's had one catch in his career. So, everyone, this is for Bill. And Bill, we trust one last time. Patriots minus one and a half. Floor is yours, Lou. No, I, I knew he was coming here the entire time. When he brought it up, uh, one of, uh, 21 years ago, something happened to one of your teams. I'm like, yeah, the last time the Jets did anything. Of the only thing I didn't see was him referencing the Ming Dynasty. That's the only part of that that I uh, didn't which see. Is absurd, but... Which is absurd. Uh, we could have a discussion another day that they're the greatest dynasty of sports history because Bill Russell would like to have a conversation. But anyway. Uh, yeah, uh, I thought you were going to say there's another podcast about the Ming Dynasty. I was like, that's Lou's other show. <laughs> <laughs> no, we do that on, on Wednesday. History of the world. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought you knew that one. Yeah, the Roman Empire, Alexander the Great. No, we do that another day. No, uh, Dan, I I knew you were going here. That's that's all. I knew, and I get it. I, it makes sense. It makes sense. I got nothing to say. You got the best coach in football history. That's it. Would be a real shame, though. Would be a would real be shame, real, wouldn't would it, Lou? Real shame. Can dude. you imagine? Oh, can you? I've been here. No, no, no. I've been here. They'll just bury. They'll bury him. They'll bury him at the fifty-yard line. I mean, just put him, put him down on the ground. Let me say this though, real quick. I know you're going to be insufferable because you're always insufferable. Yes. But if we beat you in his last game, which we won't, I'm going to drive to Virginia and laugh (laughs) at you until the Super Bowl when I have to come back and watch with the boys. All right? Is that fair? Is that fair game? That's fair. I'm gonna send you a Chad Pennington jersey. All right, that's what you're gonna get until or until Michigan plays Monday night, and he's back to being insufferable. Again. Oh my God! <laughs> if the Patriots lose and Michigan loses, I am gonna laugh so hard. It will not be a good weekend. 
But it will be uh, the end of the dynasty. We're living in the final days, which is kind of weird. So uh, we may be. I don't know. But I, it seems to be pointing in that direction. 21 years ago today. That's Isn't that interesting? Yep. Just, just a fun fact. Can just you so remember? Fun. Can you remember who they who they played? It's too, damn. We are ten. I, I, you, you didn't know. You just looked it up on the internet. Well, you're ten you, years old. You're younger than us. Yeah. We don't know. Do I talking? remember the game. No, you don't. Jets won. The Jets dominated the Colts. Right. In the right. game. You looked it up. You looked it up. I did not. Carry on. Carry on. Leans. After that fiasco. Lee, very that was very Julius. Excuse you. Give me a leans, please. Um, <laughs> so I had leans in both NFC South games that I just couldn't calm the stomach with myself. The Atlanta Falcons plus three, the Carolina Panthers plus four and a half. Couldn't do it. Like way too many other games to be bothered with the NFC South any more than we have to be. The fact that one of them has to make the playoffs. That's the other thing back to the, the Indianapolis Colts. CJ Stroud's doing service for America, so nobody has to watch the Colts in the playoffs. Do we really want the Colts to be in the Saturday 130 game of wild card weekend again. No, we don't. I do now because it would make you mad. Screw you. <laughs> uh Cardinals plus three was a lean. I thought you I was hoping one of us was gonna make a play in the biggest game of the weekend, Buffalo and Miami. I've been leaning Buffalo, but the line was at three all week. And as I now I, I did notice this too. They were already out of my five, but then I noticed this, that the line has gone to two and a half with all of the tickets and the money still being on Buffalo. So the line is moving away from the bills while they get all of the action. That is all you need to know. That is sharp money, sharp, sharp money. There's sometimes we have to see through. Yeah. 51% of the bets on the bills, 80% of the money, but there is clearly a very sharp group that is betting Miami at three that they are not even there in the we the we minority of people betting this game hmm. but their influence is enough to move the line away from the bills so that was all that i need to see in that i'm i i was very close i'm not very confident in it but i was very close to miami in, in yeah. that. i've been thinking that all week i said everybody's gonna play buffalo buffalo has played horrible in the last two weeks but yet the people like the fact that they've like gotten away with it Again, like the Patriots should have won that game last week. If the Patriots weren't one of the worst teams in the league, they easily would have won that game last week yeah. because they the Bills gave them every chance. Three interceptions in the first in the first twenty minutes. It was terrible. Yeah, and, a, and, a, and four turnovers in the first half total. I yeah. mean, unbelievable. But because they've been getting wins, they're hot, and everybody's just been saying nobody wants to see the Bills in the playoffs. Nobody wants to see the Bills in the playoffs. That has been dominating the narrative of the whole thing. Miami's defensive injuries are the ones that worried me and not wanting to pick them, but that game's super interesting. The Bills have been hot for one week when they beat the Cowboys. They went to the Chargers the week after and almost lost to Easton Stick. They come back home and almost lose to Bailey Zappi. Like, I'm not understanding the love for the Bills at all. Like, I get Miami hasn't really won a great – I mean, they beat Dallas. Okay, there you go. And Buffalo already destroyed them. You're coming down to Miami last week of the season. Miami's way better at home. Like, I don't see this as a hard game. And I cannot believe so many people like the Bills. I just, I can't believe that. So I mentioned Miami. I mentioned the Colts. I think San Francisco. Because I'm hearing Carson Wentz is starting on Sunday. So <laughs> that's, that you know. That was what I, again, I I put a couple bets down Monday and I saw the Rams was four and a half. I didn't think that there was a 
chance in the world that they were going to be sitting people. That's, I didn't I didn't mention that at the top when I was mentioning about winning in scenarios. Teams that could be resting starters this week would be Niners, Rams, Lions, Ravens, Chiefs, Browns, and Eagles. Uh, are potential teams that uh, you know don't really have too much. They they either move up a seat or two, but they've already secured their spots. And, and some of those aren't playing for any seat. Some of them are locked in. Like the Browns are locked in five. Chiefs are locked in. Ravens obviously. Um, so. Those are all teams that could be sitting. I didn't even consider the the, the Rams were going to be sitting people. I was thinking, oh, no. four and a half against the backups, you know, Stafford against you know, whatever. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we might have Carson Wentz and Sam Darnold. <laughs> match made. How great is that? I match mean, made, Lou, you're not excited to watch that on Sunday? Give me a break. That's I'm, that's I'm fantastic. seeing ghosts. I'm seeing ghosts. No, I, I won't watch that. No, I got Dan, seeing, Dan seeing an MVP yeah. in his eyes. I'm, <laughs> I got a text from my younger brother, the Eagle fan, said, I am watching every second of Carson Wentz. I got it this morning. <laughs> I was like, what? He's what? So I was very excited to see him one more time. That's going to be very exciting. And then Denver. I put Denver in my leans. It is a small lean. Um, I made the number, I think, I think the number's two and a half, right? I made the number Raiders uh, minus one or whatever, whoever the favorite minus one. Uh, so I kind of like the Broncos a little bit. So, so funny. Speaking of, I was mentioning futures earlier in the show. This is a, this is a double winner, or a double loser for me. I have Broncos over eight and a half and Raiders under seven and a half. So wow. uh, I'm looking for one Broncos win to cash both tickets or it's a double loser. So, or we get a tie and uh, only one will win, uh, but you know, I'm hoping That's for a, a nice, a nice Broncos, for hoping a Broncos win here. Send it off on the right note. Hey, Jared Stidham. Imagine a a team that could use that guy quarterback. I can imagine a team. Just one. Uh, Let's go to the specials. The under the weather. Why not? This is the equivalent of the Iowa-Nebraska NFL game. We're doing it up in Foxborough in a historic under. Jets-Patriots under... 30 and a half. Oh, it's under 30? 30 and a half. So the weather in Foxborough on Sunday, 32 degrees. Potential for a winter storm with winds 10 to 20 miles an hour, 16 mile an hour sustained, one to three inches. Perfect way to end the Ming Dynasty. Uh, I said when I saw it was at 31 and a half, and I go, this is this is Dan written all over it. 30. I wanted to go Raven Steelers because it is at 35. That's a potential if you do want to do it. There should be weather on Saturday night in Baltimore, too. But this is you have, I mean, this is gonna be 15 to 10, just like it was in week two. Like it's gonna be the same thing, you know? It's crazy. Seven uh, to six. Seven to six. Well, maybe ten to six. Um Let's do the specials. Let's do the magic money line parlay because we need it for the lungs. We need to get over 6.4 units. Tell me where we can do it. All right. This is, this is it. We got it. We got to hit one. That's going to cover us. It's going to cover our bread here. We're taking Mike for it. Obvious. I like it. Obviously we've got, cause that is a one where they're not just going to try and keep it close. That is, they are going for the kill shot in that one. And then this is dangerous. We're taking the Giants. We're taking the Giants. I know you don't love it. 
I'm mm -hmm. open. I'm open. I don't know if anything else will get us that's to where we need to be. Yeah, so that's what I'm nervous Especially about. now that the Titans have dipped, because the Titans were, I bet this yesterday, and it was, Matt, it was plus 750. Can we take Cleveland? Oh, God, don't, don't talk. No, wait, uh, hold on, hold on. If we can take Cleveland, they have played backups all year. Like, there's wait, a, there's I, a shot. I forget who who are they? They're starting Jeff Driscoll this week. They are. There's oh yes. There's no freaking chance. I'm, I remember. I'm like, wait, no. I just heard who was starting for them today. They're starting Jeff Driscoll. Absolutely not. That is not happening. Okay. I don't then, think. Unfortunately, I don't think the Bears are going to get us to where we need to be. What about the Rams? Oh, God no. Carson Wentz. Yeah. Oh, well, you might as well. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to win here. I'm trying uh, to actually catch up. No, we're. No, 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 no. Giants plus 200 and Titans plus 160 gets us to exactly plus 680. We will be up be not even half a unit on the year. It will be not a loser because any gambler knows. The only thing better than winning is getting even. <laughs> oh, spoken like a true Wild West sheriff. It's Doc Holiday over here. I love it. We're not betting on Jim Driscoll. <laughs> okay, Lou, you've heard it. You've heard everything you needed to hear. Where is the bet the narrative going this week? Well, as you guys know, as the listening audience has heard, I've been sick this week. But your boy is sick in the head. I got four. Let's do it. Mm. I got four. We're trying to get to even. I'm trying to get to even, and we're going to do it. Let's go. Numero uno. Calling Mr. Fields. Oh. Chicago. I'm not going to repeat all this stuff. I I'm not going to repeat all the stuff you guys already said. Uh, Jordan Love, great, right? Chicago's going to come in. They're going to ruin the chances. Or, you know, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm not even going to worry about it. Chicago plus three. We're going to roll on with that. Uh, <clears throat> About this time last year, Tyler Huntley played the Steelers <laughs> and lost by exactly three points in Pittsburgh. Wow. Now they are at home. The Baltimore Ravens are plus three and a half. Give me the Ravens plus three and a half. I like it. This is okay. why I try to talk us off all the mind melts. Now yeah, I'm like, come on, man. You guys are taking all my stuff here. Triple mind melts. Uh, I'm rolling with Matt with CJ Stroud. Man, we rolling. Hell yeah. We rolling. Hell yeah. Houston, Houston like let's it. ride. All right? That Curb Monopoly man. Show. That Monopoly man. Let's get him back in prison. Lock him up. <laughs> we own all the property, all right? Uh, I just like CJ Stroud. Matt likes him too. You've heard it all year. It's the, the guy's a baller. And I think now if there's a narrative of who the league might like to see in the playoffs versus another a young hot shotgun like CJ Stroud might bring a little more revenue to the league. I, I don't, mm. I, you know, I'm not saying that's why they would do it, but I might be saying that's why they would do it. Um, Curious where Gardner Minshew and CJ Stroud jersey sales are at, you know? I would like to know that number. That's a good one. We'll figure that out. Uh, I'll look that up. We'll, we'll get back to that one. Um, and then a piece de la resistance. Or some might say, the last dance, 
Dan, I got the Patriots minus one and a half, man. Oh my god, <laughs> rolling together, baby. That's oh why my I was god. waiting for you to say it the whole show, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, as soon as you go, uh, one of your teams, uh, twenty years ago, did I go? This guy's gonna take the Patriots, and I'm sitting here with it already checked off on my list that it's Bill Belichick's swan song. All right, and who's he playing? My New York Jets. I'm going to watch my dad have an aneurysm in front of the screen while it's snowing and he can't go anywhere. He can't even leave the house. All right. I mean, come on. This 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 is written in a storybook. This is obvious. This is like a fairy tale. Are you kidding me? Now, this game might be five to three. <laughs> this oh, might be a real dumpster fire of a game. Right. This might be two field goals and one team gets a safety. This is going to be ugly. And gross because both teams are ugly and gross. Okay, mm -hmm. but it just so happens to be Bill Belichick's possibly more. He's done. He's done in New England, right? It's over. It's over. Say goodbye. We'll see. Right. Um. I and here's the other part with this one. Uh. I hope this covers. So I hope they all cover so I can get to even on the year. Uh. But if this one doesn't hit, then that just means my Jets won and I get to make fun of you. So. It's really um yeah that that's the whole motivation behind emotional I'm emotional way. hedging. I'm hedging. I'm hedging here. Yes. Yeah. And the other one for I didn't say before. I said it earlier in the show for Baltimore was it's a hardball weekend. Yeah. So <laughs> hardball weekend. I was Lou, you saying that I I could see I could see Vin now just like uh, <laughs> going to going to shovel the walkway every ten minutes. No, hun, you got you got to get the snow before it sticks. You got to keep it off the walkway. It's never gonna. We're never gonna get it all off. So true. Gonna be out there I can't watch this team. I can't watch this horrible <laughs> franchise anymore. And he's just every time, every time they punt, he's just out in the snow, just spreading all the salt. That's all he's, he's done. Gotta, he, you got to keep up with so it. You mad. can't let it stick. Listen, he'll be so mad. The man's got a snowblower. He'll be out there shoveling. All right, that's how mad. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. God I'm bless, man. Sorry, Dad. Hey, Ben, hey, you know, do your job. That's, that's it. The only, that's yeah, the last, the, last thing I'll say. Just end of the – end of the. it's not the main dynasty. Let, let's calm down. Brady, Tom Brady <laughs> took it with him. Brady took it with him. Come on, let's go. That, please make that. Please make that. The, the, the swan song for the main dynasty has got to be the title of the episode. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. Okay, let's run it down before we just lose control. We've lost. We're off the rails so bad in the show. It's hilarious. Uh, run said it was going to be a zany episode. Said it was going to be a zany episode. Yeah, it uh, is. All right, we've got Mr. Strawberry Fields, Justin Fields plus three against mm. the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Tyron Taylor and the boys and the G-Men plus five against the Eagles. My old buddy Mike Vrabel plus three and a half against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Baltimore and the backups is plus three and a half against Pittsburgh. And my main man, CJ Stroud, taking on that dimwit in Indianapolis, Gardner Minshew. And the money line parlay is Tennessee and the Giants. Like a radio DJ, Maddie threw that one. That was like on WELI right there. That was fantastic. Yeah, you, you got a Beatles reference in there. You got we got a Who reference earlier. We're cooking here. Uh, we've got mind melds on mind melds. We've got Baltimore plus three and a half. We've got my myself. I've been red pilled by the Arizona Cardinals plus three. I'll take them as well. It is. We won't get fooled again, right? This is our New Year's resolution. Bears start winning in Green Bay. Bears plus three. Losing sucks. Let's not do it. 
Tennessee plus three and a half. And uh, that's the end. See you later. New England minus one and a half for the final time to end our wonderful dynasty. Uh, the under the weather is the Jets and the Patriots in a snow globe game under 30 and a half. Everyone will be smiling uh, that it's all over. And the bet the narrative is, Lewis? Dub uh, Bears plus three. Uh, we've got Baltimore. Who cares if the backups are in? Plus three and a half. CJ Stroud is our boy, minus one against Indy. And then unfortunately, it's the last dance for old Billy B. Pat's minus one and a half. Last dance. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that might be it. That was fun. And next week, we'll do the report cards and we'll do Super Wild Sunday Card Weekend. How about that? Can't believe we are here already. Cannot believe it. Crazy. And we'll know when we're watching Gardner Minshew in the playoff, the Colts will never die. Uh, for Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Stumfrit, and for our esteemed producer, Lemon Pepper Lou Pericone. By the way, go Michigan on Monday. You got a ticket, right? I'm back in Michigan as well. I think they run the ball straight down Washington's throat. I love it. I love it. That's going to be exciting because we might see – Two future NFL quarterbacks. I was to say that being said, really thinking the Broncos should start drafting Michael Penix. I'm I'm already uh, getting hooked by that real bad, real I've been, bad. I've been hooked for two months on Michael Penix, and now when I saw him against Texas, I said wouldn't be a bad pick. Uh, but we're going for Michigan. We will see you next week. We'll post the picks on X on Saturday. Of course, because we got both games involved. We'll post the rest on Sunday morning. And we'll sit in the snow and we'll watch our teams go for one final time. We thank you for listening. Sunday card on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, Sports Country Radio on Saturday and Sunday. You know the drill. And you know that we'll be here next week for the playoffs in 2024. But until then, thank you for listening to this edition of the Sunday card. The Sunday Card Podcast is co-hosted and directed by Dan Zimpano, co-hosted by Matt Silbreth, and produced by Lou Paracone. You can listen to The Sunday Card on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also listen to us on Sports Country Radio at sportscountry.net at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 5 p.m. on Saturdays, and again at 11.30 a.m. on Sundays. Follow us on Twitter for all of our picks throughout the regular season at The Sunday Card. And remember... If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.